Amen. Amen. Grace and peace to you today, Hope College. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, worship team. Yeah, let's clap. Let's clap. Those are good songs. Good songs. Today, we have just two short verses. One we heard Friday, and a second one comes from the Old Testament prophet Joel. So let's hear these words together from our good Lord. John 17, 1, after Jesus had spoken these words, and these were his last words to his disciples, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. And then our second reading is from the prophet Joel, from his second chapter. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am here this morning to give you a heads up. Wednesday, when you come to chapel, something a little different is going to happen. Does anyone know what Wednesday is? Sash Wednesday, you're so smart, so smart. Good, things you're, good thing you're, you know, Hope College students. Yes, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. It's the first day of the season of Lent. Lent is the 40 days of preparation and repentance prior to Good Friday and Easter. When we observe Lent, we join millions, millions of Christians around the globe in a time of fasting and weeping, praying and service, returning to the Lord with all our heart. If we think of our life centered around the very life of Jesus, then we say on Wednesday with John 17, the hour has come. Jesus Christ has set his face towards Jerusalem and he is on his way to the cross. And Lent invites us to go with him. Ash Wednesday is called so because it's common during the worship service to receive the mark of ashes in a sign on our forehead. Usually, a priest or a pastor or an elder in the church will call folks forward and then bless them with, with the ashes and with words. Often the words are, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to Christ. My favorite, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. These are hard words to hear on any Wednesday, right? They're sobering, they're humbling, you're dust. Abraham originally spoke them. In Genesis 18, he said, oh Lord, I am but dust and ashes. It doesn't feel much better when Isaiah says in chapter 40, all people are grass, their consistency is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Or when James says in his New Testament letter, what is your life? You are a mist, a vapor that appears for a bit and then vanishes. 
This week I was reading an article published last year by our former Hope Chaplain, James Ellis. Woo-woo, if you remember James. Yeah, love the brother, love him, I miss him. He wrote about Ash Wednesday. As a pastor, I love the church most on Ash Wednesday. We cease and desist foolishness and confront the brass tacks. We are in decay within the framework of a guaranteed end and an uncertain timetable. You are young, I know. It's hard to imagine the end when you are 19 and 20 and 21 and the road before you seems endless. Praise be to God. But all of us are mere mortals, frail, fallen, fleeting humans. Unless we get puffed up with pride or start to believe we are invincible, ashes bring us back to reality. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Yet, on Ash Wednesday, as odd as it can be, if you summon the courage to, to step forward, come out, and receive the ashes, no. They are placed on you in one way and one way only as a cross. And that black ashen mark then becomes a bold proclamation of the hope that is in us. It tells us that we may be dust, but we're God's dust, right? We're God's dust, made in his image, held fast by his grace and mercy and unending, abounding, steadfast love. That cross tells us that we are Christ's beloved, given life, that eternal life Trigvi preached about Friday. Life given to us by Christ's death on the cross and his rising from the grave. And so Ash Wednesday is really, I think of it as a beautiful invitation the hour has come, says Jesus. Will you return to the Lord? Will you walk with Jesus to the cross? I wonder if your children are similar to mine. Do you remember when you were a child, I don't know, maybe three or four or five, and you received a gift? Probably you ripped open the package and you squealed with delight and immediately then you started on your way on a new adventure with a new prize, right? And I bet if your parents are anything like most parents, they would say, now hold on, hold on just a minute. You didn't say thank you, right? Come back here. Come back here and say thank you, right, to grandma or grandpa or your brother or your sister or your friend or whoever bought you that gift. My children are teens, but I feel like I am always still after them to say thank you because I want them to recognize that most things that come to them, yes, that birthday gift, that new pair of tennis shoes they really wanted, but also, I don't know, last night's dinner, the new team sweatshirt, I got him. The gas that powered the car to bring them to the team practice. All of these things, all of these things have a cost. They cost others. They cost the earth. And they cost, more importantly, their father and I, 
who are the main providers of the lifestyle to which they've become accustomed. And in one way or another, I feel like I'm always saying to them, turn around. Did you say thank you? The season of Lent is sort of like that. A reminder, right, for 40 days. Why 40 days? Because Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years and Christ our Lord battled the devil in the wilderness for 40 days. So for 40 days, we look at the, at the cross and we try to fathom the cost. Because friends, here's the truth of the gospel, that on the cross, Jesus our Lord saved us and it cost him everything, everything. Beloved, don't go running off on some new adventure with your prize. Return to the Lord and say thank you. Ash Wednesday and Lent is sort of like this gift. It's a gift of time for us to say, oh Lord, I see the cross. And I want to say thank you. It gives us time, time to repent, to do that weeping and mourning that Joel talked about, repenting of the sin for which Christ died, the sin that is in us and in the world. It gives us time to contemplate our fallen, fleeting frailty as humans and our profound need of a savior. It gives us time to join in some of the beautiful age-old practices of gratitude of the church, fasting, maybe fasting from food or technology or anything else that gives you pleasure, renewing our commitment to spiritual disciplines, to prayer, to worship, to Bible reading, to a life of devotion and service. It gives us time to remember our baptism into Christ and not into this world. Often, then, Lent means this giving up. And that's good, great. Sometimes it means then adding in. I still remember a few years ago, one friend decided that for her, Lent was a time to express gratitude, to do it better than she had been doing. And so each day of Lent, 40 and all, she sent a card to someone that she was grateful for, to family, friends, old teachers, neighbors, people who had embodied Christ to her, people had, who had showed her God's love. If you take up any of these in this time, here's the warning, it's gonna cost you, and that's okay. Remember the cross. Friends, the hour has come. Let us go with Christ to the cross. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen.